Hi guys, welcome to Bottled Up Blokes Open Up Podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you use to help us grow and help to remove the stigma around men and mental health. During this pod we discuss sensitive matters such as addictions, mental health and suicide. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Cheers. So this is episode two of the Bottled Up Blokes Open Up podcast with me, Ben Eveson. And me, Tim Cox. So after the first episode, which was, as we mentioned on the episode, a pilot, we haven't got a really good response. I've had a ton of messages from blokes saying they find it really useful listening to just two people gassing, because that's what we were doing, right? We were just having a, yeah, good, old, a good old chinwag. And obviously people were uh, intrigued to hear your journey and how we're going to do this moving forward so with the i don't know what right now but last time i spoke to tim we had 110 listeners which if they'd listened to it all that's you know over 120 odd hours of listening time of, of our dulcet tones which i'm i'm pretty proud of yeah it's min i think it's a few more now yeah 136 136 just, listens it's just mad isn't it not that quite joe rogan but people have listened and and no, the important thing well yeah and less controversial the uh the most important thing for us is that people have seen it as an outlet to you know spend an hour and 20 minutes of their lives listen to what we've got to say and obviously it's not we're not here to give anyone advice we're not here to tell you how to fix all your problems but what we're here to show you is that men can talk and that men can support each other so we spoke last time about potentially having guests on and we, we're definitely going to do that and we'll mention that at the end of this one so me and Tim had a, had a chat and um, decided this week we were going to talk about music and how music impacts mental well-being, mental health, negatively and positively as well. Because interestingly, from a music perspective, so tons of research into music and, and well-being, researchers have found that music is proven to release dopamine, which is the feel-good chemical in your brain. And it's been found to be 9% higher when people listen to music that they enjoy. Sounds obvious, but strong evidence for a link between music and mental well-being. What's your thoughts on on that as a as a piece of information? It's not a surprise for me. For, for myself, music's massive. You know, I listen to a lot of music. And again, like you say, there's a lot of music that you can have great stuff from and you can really get some, you know, some pickups. And then you've got some music that, you know, gives you some really bad memories. It's both. It works both ways. Yeah. Let's focus on, I think, let's focus on the positive initially. Yeah. And from a, a personal perspective, so tell me about your go-tos then. So if you're, or, or even, you know, looking back from your journey you mentioned last week, is any kind of time period that you can categorise like a specific song or a specific album to that, that you remember? Definitely, yeah. There's one song um, when I was about, I think about 18, something like that. I'd had a, I mentioned it in the pod last week, bit of a bad breakup. And the song was called Ashes by Embrace. And it was on the music channels a hell of a lot. Tune as well. Oh, no, it's a great tune. And that pretty much got me into that band. And at that point, I wasn't really that into going to gigs and that kind of stuff. It weren't till probably about three or four years later that I started going to gigs and they'd stopped by then. But eventually, probably about eight years later, I got to see them. And I was absolutely buzzing to see them sing that song even that long after and after everything had gone through and gone past and you move on and all that kind of stuff. It's still a song that now, if I need a pick up, I'll go to it because it's just, it's uplifting. It got me out of a rut at that point that I was in. That's just one song. But as far as albums go, there's, there is one album 
if I don't listen to that probably three or four times a week, there's something wrong with it. And it's called The Midnight Organ Fight by a band called Frightened Rabbit. They're a Scottish band, a bit of an indie band, really. I'd say every single song on the whole album has got a meaning to it, whether it's about love or splitting up with someone or depression or getting back with someone. It It's such a an incredible journey that it takes you on. And the bloke hammers himself in it all the way through it. The first time I heard it, I knew that it was going to be an album that stick with me for life, just because how, just how powerful it is. The first line of the first song says, a cripple walks amongst you, or you tired human beings. You might think he's talking about, you know, not having arms, legs, and all that kind of stuff. Actually, he's talking about his mental health. And he's talking about the fact that he's crippled by the depression that he's got from having a really, really bad breakup. So you hear that and you obviously hear the rest of the song and it just, it kind of just blows you away where how powerful music can be. Yeah. But like I say, I could go through every single song on the <laughs> album and just tell you so much about it. I could literally do an album review on it. But it's like just, there's so many little bits. It's, like I said in the group to one of the lads who was struggling last week or something like that about his ex missus. There's a song on that called good arms versus bad arms and that's talking about seeing his ex with somebody else and how much it hurts him and again a line in that i'm armed with the past and the will and the brick i might not want you back but i want to kill him and again it's such the the lyrics in it are so powerful and you get so much meaning from it it just again it blows you away you know yeah you can relate to it like with that lad because he's like, I know she's bad for me. I know I don't really want to be with her. But knowing that she's got someone else has sent him into turmoil. Your mind can play such a horrible trick on you. It's hard to explain with things like that. I don't know if it's a man thing, that we are a bit weak as such when it comes to exes and that kind of thing. You're always thinking we can go back to that. I, when, think, I think men as a whole, I think, not, well, not men as a whole, I don't want to generalise everybody, but... I think what what we find difficult, what I find difficult, and in, in particular looking back to the past, is you know if you um, we have feelings that we can't necessarily explain, and a lot of that is to do with how we love and how we appreciate other people and how we feel appreciated. And I think for me, looking back at things like that, I can see some some time periods where probably my behaviour wasn't great towards women, but it wasn't me trying to be you know, a chauvinistic male. It was me trying to cover up the fact that I was an insecure boy. A lot of it. And a lot of my earlier music that I used to listen to as a, as a kid kind of helped me out of that that kind of time period because, you know, it was it, it's, it's really easy to get wrapped up thinking that, you, you know, everything's everything's fine and, you know, you've got no problems. But, you know, as you know, th- thinking back to growing up as a kid, it's brutal, man. I know we mentioned yeah. it last time, but, you know, and I was I was in some good groups in school, so I probably didn't, you know, I didn't have it nowhere near as bad as other people, but I had this like strong feeling of like inadequacy all the time. Yeah. That I just worked so, yeah, and, and I said last time my go to was I just met I just tried to make people laugh. Yeah. But looking back at it now, that, that was kind of my go to to probably you know, to to stay within those yeah, you're trying circuit. to be accepted as well, aren't you? You're trying to yeah. keep that acceptance and you want you want people to like you. 
it, it's it, it is that and it also makes you feel better when you make people laugh but yeah i remember sometimes like going home and you know, I, I never went home and sat in my bedroom crying or anything like that but i just always had this like in the morning like a knot in my stomach yeah and and i used to like listen to i mean my <laughs> I'm not sure whether I want to really disclose kind of my musical taste on this in in a massively open forum because you know I'll listen to Michael Bolton, One Direction, I might listen to Slipknot and Corn, Foo Fighters, and then I'll you know listen to Queen and you know it goes from it goes from one extreme to the other. But one of the first songs that I remember listening to and and I used to really been to like rap and hip hop that was kind of my go to yeah. as a kid. It holds some really, really good memories. And I remember listening, my sister had a, a two pack album with changes on it and the song changes. Yeah. And I and I listened to that song solidly for like six weeks on my C D player that are about, you know, three <laughs> three three foot tall. One of them ones that had that you know them C D players you could play a game on it on the little L E D screen. Yeah. Uh, so I used to listen to used to listen to that a lot. And I just even now listen to it now you know, in the kitchen of the night and, you know, we, we like to listen to music and I was putting songs that were like, and I put that song on and it's really, even now it still holds like fond memories for me of t- good and bad as well, by the way. So, yeah. you know, I listened to that song when I, not that I had many like long-term girlfriends because, you know, I weren't that kind of guy, but, you know, when I'd had like, let's, we'll call them flings, we'll call them flings with, with people, like short-term relationships that hadn't gone the way I wanted to, and generally they didn't, they didn't go the way I wanted them to because I couldn't commit to being committed. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Not that I wanted to go out and like sleep with the Tom Dick and Harry or anything like that, but I didn't like the concept of being tied down. Tied and, such. Down. and it felt yeah. and, it made, and, it, and it always made me feel weird to the point where I was just like, I'm just going to get out of the situation before anyone gets feelings. And and I just remember listening to that song at those time periods where you know it really resonated with me that. And, and and a lot of it is obviously about his upbringing, which I can't relate to. But you know the, the chorus, no. and you know that's just the way it is. Things are never the same. Well. Yeah, great song, but yeah, holds fond memory. Like I look back at it, and and I could I could tell you about positive times and negative times. But it, but I I still listen to that song t- today with you know with yeah. great great fondness. Um, that album that I was talking about, you know, I've got like I say, I, I listen to it three four times a week easily. Uh, I remember being stood on the back garden, painting the fence, listening to it, crying my eyes out. Lead singer took his own life, 2018. One of the songs, one of the last songs is called Floating in the Fourth. And it's basically about him taking his own life, jumping off the bridge into the Fourth River and floating away. And that is exactly what he did a few years later. And I remember listening to it, Aaron Bits, absolute bits. And again, it's one of them times where, you know, music has, you know, like say, a negative feeling on you because you, you know, I were gutted. I were absolutely gutted. His name's Scott Hutchison, if anyone wants to have a look. Yeah, he was a very open person and big on mental health. And when I saw that he took his own life, it hit me. It hit me really hard because you kind of yeah. think somebody like that's done it. It's interesting. It's interesting that when you look when you look back at. at you know, famous musicians and how much tragedy sits within people that you would see at the pinnacle of their yeah. career as such. You know, let's take Kurt Cobain, for instance. Yeah. You know, Nirvana were huge, taking off massive, and then he decides to take his own life because um, I've read a few books about, you know, he, you know, he, he couldn't, he didn't like, he didn't like fame, didn't like it. And it yeah. It was, 
quite he was happier to do it that way than, than to continue feeling the way he felt. And it makes you wonder with music having such strong feelings whether you know you know these people that are pouring the heart out in music get constantly reminded by their songs of probably some really dark times, some you know, some tragedies. Yeah. But if you if you I mean if you if you Google famous musicians, you know, Chris Cornell, Amy Winehouse, yeah, you know, that you, you could you could go on Sid Vicious you could go on for forever, couldn't you? On on and it's you know a real shame relatively recently, you know, Avicii. Yeah. You know, all these people that found you know face value world at the feet you know a normal person like me and you might sit there and think bloody hell world at the feet what's going on but that's they've chose that's, yeah, they've, that's cho- another... they've chose that route rather than yeah. continuing in their in their success it's, it's, a shame. it's another it's another stigma problem into it that that you know people think all oh, these people are rolling in it what have they got to be down and depressed about what you know very it's... common <laughs> statement that is yeah I've said it a million times myself. Yeah, I have. You know, when I've seen people that have, that have died by suicide, and I've said, "What? Why have they done that? Got the world at the feet." Yeah, but there must obviously be in that you're in such a dark place. You get to that like point where you're doing it. You've got to be. You've got to be the low, well, lowest of the low, in it from a from a, yeah. a, a mental health perspective. And yeah, it's um, it's, it's really yeah. sad. It's really it's really sad. We've lost some great people through so what, suicide what kind of music would you go for then Ben yourself oh mate for, again mate, good so, and bad so for me like I think the Foo Fighters are always a go-to for me you know distinctly remember listening to times like these as a, mm-hmm. as a song when I was growing I think it was I think it was released when I or I, I remember it when I went to college so my first year at college really and I remember just really understanding of that I felt like the lyrics were almost made for how I was feeling at that time it's a you know weird transition from being with your mates at school to them being with with new people but my I mean my musical taste forever has just been it's like I said it's been all over the place one song you know some when you're driving to work and you feel a bit shit because you don't know what the day is going to bring you know you may be a particularly yeah. stressful period and again I'm not sure I want to, want to admit this but I'm going to anyway because what <laughs> we do if we're not going to be open on this but I would yeah. drive to work and I'd get about 10 minutes from work and I'd be like god I feel like shit what can I do and I would put on Michael Bolton to love somebody right yeah uh, I, honestly I'm sure everyone's familiar with Michael Bolton but to love somebody is an absolute weapon and the way he belts, it's, it's towards about three quarters of the way into the song and he belts out the last kind of bit and it's unbelievable. And I could listen to that at any day, any time, and it would instantly make me smile and make me happy. And I could, you know, I could be miserable as fuck driving down the road and then I walk in the office with a smile on my face and I tell somebody that I just nailed Michael Bolton. Well, not nailed him, but listened Whoa. to him on the way, <laughs> listened to him on the way to work, but... Yeah, I think I could imagine you absolutely singing your face off to it as well. I try my hardest, mate. I do try. I don't know. I love a karaoke, but I never have like a single go-to. Yeah, I have things that I feel like with all this bullshit going off in Ukraine. The I minute mean, it's, it's it's bothering me, like reading about, it and, I, and I'm yeah. obsessed with reading about it. You know, I wake up and the first thing I'll do is put BBC News on my phone and, and read about it. Yeah, because of that, because of how that made me feel. I know I said previously I'm quite an emotional person anyway, but you know I really feel for what's going off in that that place and harrowing stuff. You know I was doing some some admin at work earlier and just stuck you know 100 greatest love songs on. 
because that's how I felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and and I wanted to I wanted to feel that way because of what I've been reading and and what I've done. So, yeah. you know, for uh, yourself, it's kind of like your mood dictates to the kind of music that you listen to, rather than right. I'm going to go and listen to that. I know this song picks me up. It's kind of like right, like you say, hundred love songs, bang it on. Yeah, that's just how I feel. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, if I'm in the shower, I might stick you know some rock music on to make me have a quick shower. Re- really influenced by what I'm feeling at that particular time. If I'm boozing with the guys, you know, I might put some eighties on. Yeah. You know, like to you know listen to that some of that. You know, even on Spotify. I mean, you can find anything, can't you? But um, you, know, you find our podcast, mate. You find our podcast, Bottled Up Blokes, opened up, Spotify and Apple Music, get out. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, I'm always dictated what I'm going to listen to. Sometimes by what the kids are listening to, like Lola's really into music. And, mm. you know, my, um, on Spotify, you get a time capsule. And sometimes I just stick that on and see what's in it. Yeah. Because I love finding like a new song that I've never heard of or didn't know about until that point and, and enjoying it. I've also got one of those really weird brains where, lyrics really stick in my mind right yeah so i can listen to a song once or twice and then it's in there so like if a new song's out on the radio but listen to radio one yeah. you know so a song will come on and i'll start singing it, i think where the bloody hell have you heard that and then i realized it was probably on the radio a couple of weeks ago you're not young enough for radio one no i'm a no no tell you what i'm listening to at minute or this on the time encanto my god oh no, don't get me started with encanto it, mate it's it's constant. My eldest loves it. She we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. <laughs> the other things, are, my go is like pop punk as well. Yeah. Like indie, um, Blink-182, Razorlight, Love Editors, Arctic Monkeys. They, they, they'll always be on some circular playlist that I've got, you know, going on sometimes. But when you go to, you know, I know, I know you've been to festivals yourself and, and, and I used to love going to Leeds Festival back in the day. And the way those places make you feel, it's almost no drug or booze can touch how that moment can make you feel. Me and Kaylee sat or stood quite far back listening to Metallica. Now, I wasn't a massive Metallica fan at the yeah. time. Knew a few songs, know the main ones and stuff. But just stood there listening to, knowing that I could say I've stood there and I've watched Metallica live. Yeah. And it just made me, you know, even now getting goosebumps thinking about stood there listening to him, you know, yeah. playing Nothing Else Matters, like, what a weapon of a song. That is well, a song that talk- really gets me. Yeah, I was talking to somebody on, on Twitter, actually, today about something like that. It was on Twitter, it might have been a WhatsApp group, actually. And they were saying that they saw Lethal Bizzle at a festival. And it reminded me that I saw Dizzy Rascal at Glastonbury. And I'm no Dizzy Rascal fan at all. I saw Dizzy Rascal at Leeds Dream as well, it was. Oh, mate, honestly, it was unbelievable. I've never seen the Pyramid stage bouncing around like that. And yeah. again, it's a memory that will stick with me forever. And it's music related. And it takes me back. You know, when one of his songs, I hear one of his songs, it takes me straight back to that. Straight back yeah. to such a good What a time. memory as well, eh? Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant, mate. Absolutely fantastic. But yeah, obviously talking about the WhatsApp group and, you know, the Bottled Up Blokes group, I uh, I asked in the group about music, about what people's go-to songs were and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Let's just say it sent me on a musical journey. <laughs> <coughs> I was listening to some absolutely awesome songs, you know, people, some of the suggestions. 
you know, one guy was talking about Sigur Ross, which obviously, you know, well, his missus, so his missus walked down the aisle to that. I listened to it. It's stunning. Absolutely stunning song. And again, you know that he's going to listen to that as long as he's still with his missus. And it's going to bring back such good memories of, you know, his wife and the love that he has for her. But honestly, some of them were just, they were brilliant. Like, one guy said, um, System of the Dan, B-Y-O-B. Honestly, I've never heard it before. I put it on. I thought, I thought he'd bring your own beer. Well, it probably is, yeah. But, oh, mate, honestly, I was just like, this is absolutely bonkers, this song is. But it's just like people have got so many different songs for so many different reasons that affects their mental health, whether it's good or bad or indifferent. You know, like some of the lads, a lot of the lads actually spoke about Linkin Park, the hybrid theory. Oh, God, which, what an album. Takes me back. Oh, mate, you know, I literally did me as well. I thought I hadn't listened to that album for absolute years. I thought I'm going to bang it on. So I put it on, listened to the first few songs. I couldn't believe that I'd missed the lyrics and the meaning behind the lyrics when I was younger. For me, when I was younger, it was kind of like you're just listening to the noise. You weren't really, I weren't really taking in what was being said and the lyrics and the meaning and all that kind of stuff. But then when I listened to it, I was blown away. I was like, you yeah. can see why Chester struggled so much. And, you know, you can see why what happened to him happened to him. And it, it's saying about it in these songs. Yeah, there's a song on the album so called Place for My Head. What a, you know, I want to be in another... What an absolute tune. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, when, you know, when you look deeper into it, it probably, it probably is the the struggle that, he, that he's had that obviously eventually led to him, you know, taking his own life, which is, again, just a tragedy to, to the world, to, to his family and, and the music that him and his bandmates produced because I mean that you know the Lincoln Park album with Jay-Z. Yeah. Well, you know, like thinking about I can picture myself in uh Flanagan's Dan Mansfield listening to Norman <laughs> Core. <Yeah. laughs> you know, yeah. with a bottle of bottle of one pound beer or how much it cost back in the day. So with with so with your you know staying on kind of the music thing with your mental health now, obviously you have ups and downs it's quite clear to see from the WhatsApp group as well, you know, your, your, you know, your personal struggles. Yeah. And I know you do a lot of walking, a lot of running. So what's your, what's your go-to when you're, when you're out on a walk or a, or a run? What, what do you, what do you listen to things? I know a lot of people like to go for a fast paced. Yeah. Uh, thing when you're doing that kind of thing. I've got, I've got a, a running playlist on Spotify and I think there's 40 odd songs on it. So hopefully I'll never be able to run that long, but they have a run out. It's just a lot of it's like fast-paced rock guitar music. And I don't, I don't want nothing slow as such. That's yeah. gonna like, especially when I'm running. You know what I mean? You know, I don't want that fast-paced. But mate, I've got some right guilty pleasures on there. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, since you've been gone. Oh, what an absolute tune! I know, mate. Well, that's it. It's a, you know, it's a guilty pleasure. It's massively upbeat. I love it. Another one, Taylor Swift, "Shake It Off." Again, I like that song because of Sing, the film. It reminds me of my kids or my eldest watching it, yeah. running around singing it. And it's an absolute belter. I can go from Taylor Swift to Biffy Pyro to Red Hot Chili Peppers to Food Fighters. You know, there's, there's so many different ones on there, but it's about, I just need it to be fast paced. 
Whereas when I'm walking, yeah. I, I kind of just walking's a bit different. I, to be honest, normally I just I do put the Frightened Rabbit album on because it's it's just what I listen to. Yeah, it's do you know what my guilty pleasure is? Well then. So I quite like musicals, Western shows. Right. Yeah. Me and Kayla went to London. I think it was. I think I booked it for a thirtieth birthday and went to watch Wicked the Musical. Right. Absolute yeah. beauty. And when we when we left London, we drove from London to Brighton for like the second part of the trip, and we listened to the um, Wicked soundtrack from the one they did in New York. And the person right. that was the first that played the the witch, Alpha, was um, Queen Elsa from Frozen. Right. Yeah. Oh, she's got some pipes on her, hasn't she? Um, and uh, I can listen to, honestly. I can listen to that um, that soundtrack, which most people had you know, turn the nose apart or shun because it's just, you know, listen to it. the soundtrack of a musical. But I can, I can feel that moment when I listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can feel when, back there. Know, there's, a, there's a song in, there's a song in the musical called um, Defying Gravity. It's one of the most common musical songs out there. Yeah. When I listen to that, I get, I get goosebumps. And, and in that moment, me and Kaylee watched it, standard ovation for that particular part. It's a, it's fantastic. But, I know, yeah. like when the when the next songs, are, I know which order they're coming, and I can almost see what happened in my head still now, <laughs> five years later. Well, actually, no, I was thirty-two, so it's three years late for me. So, but yeah, guilty pleasure, wicked soundtrack. Yeah, you can't beat a guilty pleasure, mate. You really can't. To be fair, I've got tons, and yeah, you know, I, I remember me and my ads. I picked them up. They'd been boozing, and I was sober as judging. We went to uh, drove through the drive-through at McDonald's, and. Uh, oh, yeah. We had uh, One Direction, That's What Makes You Beautiful on. <laughs> Me and him in the, in the drive-thru, singing, That's what makes you beautiful. Oh, oh, oh. Dead lad, like, why, why did they try to serve us? I'm sober, I'm driving, I'm sober as a judge, and we're singing this, like, you know, out loud. Uh, I bet they love that. Yeah, but they, they talked about it at work, and obviously we, we still talk, always pissing ourselves. And then, yeah. You know, thinking about things like that, and and that's how I think music ingrains a memory within you because you know I've been through McDonald's drive-through a million times, but I couldn't tell you about a specific one. Other than the <laughs> yeah. that, other than the, you know, on the 14th of July, I bought a double cheeseburger and a McFlurry, but you know, on on that day, we drove through the drive-through and we ordered a few double cheeseburgers and what have you, and a, probably a meal, and uh, and smash One Direction. Uh, as loud as we could, as loud. You know, I had a, I had a Citroen C4 Grand Picasso then as well. So you're talking Uber dad car, soccer mom car. <laughs> you know, belting through there, singing, uh, singing that song. And uh, yeah, just just put a smile on your face. But I guess on the flip side of that, you've got some people in the group mentioned how certain songs can have a negative impact, and I think. Yeah. One of the things when I was doing some, you know, I like to do a little bit of research for these podcasts so we can look professional. <laughs> so there's a study that shows that especially in men who process negative feelings with music, basically react to, you know, negatively to aggressive or sad music. And that's about obviously emotional regulation. And the study suggests that, you know, that's, a, that's an essential component to positive mental health. And poor emotional regulation is associated with psychiatric mood disorders such as depression. And when when I th- you know sometimes listen to a song and you think, oh, that's a bit sad. But yeah. like for me, if I listen to like, you know Unchained Melody, Righteous Brothers, great song, love it. But it's played at my granddad's funeral, and it's not tainted the song as such for me. But I don't listen to it in the same way anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, because it, you know, it invokes a, it does invoke an, an, a negative thought process, although there's positives to my granddad's life and I yeah, was a lot of that kind of jazz. But but actually that that was the very final part in it, you know, and that song was <clears throat> yeah, I think one of the lads in the group he was talking about when his missus was going through a tough time, him and his missus, sorry. And and she was listening to a lot of the nineties dance music. And he's saying how he hates 90s dance music now because it just reminds him of that real tough time. Yeah. So like I say, music has its ups and downs with, with mental health. And one of the other things I said to one of the other guys, I think it was on Facebook, people will go back to music from the youth, from the teenage years, and, you know, the the school, end of school, like say going to college and go back to that music time in the life that the music they were listening to. And I, also, I almost feel like it's like they're trying to get something back from a time where things were good, you know, where you had less stress and pressure on your life. You know, you've, you've not got kids, you've not got a house, a mortgage and your job, you were kind of like, yeah, I'm at school, or yeah, I'm going to college. And people try and go back to that time through music, which is great, but at the same time, you you sometimes got to let them, them times go. Yeah, and I think sometimes it, it, you, you might get, you know, lost in, in wanting that feeling, you know, that innocence of adolescence as such that, you know, I used to go and play basketball with a friend of mine on um, on like the court. She played a bit of a baller back in the day. Um, didn't know if you knew that, but you know, shoot some hoops and what have you. We'd go on the court, and he'd bring his actual boombox that had like about ten of them massive batteries. You know, the big yeah. cylindrical size D, I think they are or something. And we'd have, you know, we'd be blaring rap music on. You know, like it was from Compton. We're like Dre and Snoop yeah. and that. Such great, you know, I love the music and I love to play basketball and doing that on a on a summer's day. Yeah. You know, with that, you know, with, with actually with that with at that point in life, without a care in the world, what a beautiful yeah. place to be. And, you know, we speak to our kids now and I speak to I speak to Lily now, she's in year seven and, and I say, you know, oh, I say the things that, that my parents said to me, that teachers say to you, Oh, you'll miss school when you've left. Fucking hell. Yeah. Miss it. I'd give me a left nut to go back. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I, I like say to... you, you crave it because it's at the time you don't think it's easier and it is tough. Don't get me wrong. The stresses of getting older and having the responsibility of you've got to work so you can have a house and you've got to look after your kids and all that. The stresses yeah. of that far outweigh being at school and your exam stresses. Yeah, you don't, you don't realise that pressure and obviously. Now, I know you've got a, a probably different relationship with your parents than I've got with mine, but you don't appreciate the pressure that was on them when we were that age. Yeah. I think, you know, because we're going through the same things now and it is difficult. Having having babies is fucking hard. Oh, and, it is. And, and, and I'll yeah. say, and, I, and, and I, I make no bones about it, I did not enjoy having babies. Like, obviously, I didn't give birth, but having the responsibility of looking after a, a little human, I just didn't yeah. enjoy it. I was uptight about the whole fucking thing. It almost led me led me back to that kind of childhood feeling of in of inadequacy. Yeah. Like I couldn't do it because I was I was twenty three. I still felt like a kid myself. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get you know my parents were a little bit old when when they had me and stuff, but I can still appreciate the, how difficult it is knowing you know you need to make sure that, that kid's got milk, you need to make sure that they've got nappies, you need to make sure they're warm and yeah. comfy. And you almost have to stop being well. You can't be selfish anymore, can you? You have to stop no. that. Uh, and I was quite a selfish person, you know, very, you know, looked out for number one from that perspective. And to lose that, I felt like I was losing part of my identity. I remember um, just after uh, Freya was born, I'm sat there in the hospital with her on the bed while my missus has gone to have a shower. 
she's already been sick on me, pissed on me and shit on me. And I'm just sat there and then it hit me. I was like, Fuck I'm a dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm an actual I'm dad. I'm now a dad and I've You've always been my daddy. After this. Wait, my, <laughs> I've got to look after this. Yeah. And it, it's shit. It's, yeah, it's tough. I, I think I struggled in different aspects of life when we first had it. Like, I couldn't function at work properly. So I know that my my performance dipped at that noticeably as well, where people you know could notice that something was wrong. And I remember being pulled to one side, and you're right. And I was like, Do you know what? I'm not. I'm not okay. Yeah. I used to work at Junction 27, really short journey home, would blast as many tunes as I could within that within that time yeah. period. Cause it was a nightmare to get off that estate. But I remember listening to. Um, I remember driving home once, and I had, <clears throat> we'd had Lola. She was probably I don't know maybe three months old, something like that. And I remember knowing that I was tired and grumpy, knowing that Kaylee had been at home all day with a crying, grumpy baby, so she'd want me to yeah. take over. I didn't want to take over because I was just coming from work. And you don't want to do it, do you? You just want to no. chill out on the sofa or watch TV. Obviously. And I remember sticking um, Dre 2001 on, which was you know, great yeah, album. one of my go-tos back then. I don't know if anyone watched the Super Bowl halftime show, but it took me right back. To some to some happy happy times, I remember listening to um, I forgot about Dre on the way home and it just gave me like a boost. Mm-hmm. As, as weird as it sounds, you know, last a few you know, next episode, what a tune, still Dre tune. Some of the other ones are you know a bit more raunchy and what have you, but it gave me like listening to that on the way home gave me almost a, a mental boost to go and try and do my bit. Yeah. I still probably weren't the greatest because you know I was st- in in my mind and I was still a, I was still a kid myself. So having that responsibility, tough, yeah. Because we also, tough. you know, at that point we got a mortgage as well, and you, you know, we'd gone out of rented accommodation to a mortgage, which is obviously a massive commitment. Had a yeah. baby, money was tight. I didn't earn a great deal of money. Kayla was then on maternity leave. I then had to find five hundred pounds for a month for a mortgage. You know how many how much it was for nappies. Well, I think good, the good thing as well is Kaylee is into music and that is also filtering down to the kids. Yeah. And then my mum and dad were also into, like, we always listened to things. And I remember, obviously, tape players would be driving, you know, we'd, we'd generally holiday down south. So we go to, like, Cornwall and Devon, places like that. And I can always remember, like, a really positive memory is driving down to those places, listening to whatever shit my dad had stuck on a yeah. tape or whatever. But I remember, you know, David Gray... Uh, beautiful South. I love Beautiful South to this day because it was introduced yeah. to me from my dad. You know, all stuff like that. Tina Turner, some of the Jim Croach, which he, he does a song called I Have to Say I Love You in a Song, which is one of my and dad's faves. I could always picture myself in, in the car. You know, at the time, with like a Vauxhall Cavalier, J-Reg, blue. His little baby used to like kiss it in the garage at night time. What a weirdo. Um, but, um, but yeah, I can still remember that. <laughs> I can still remember travelling... Um, Traveling down south. What what what's your what's your earliest musical memory? Where from? Not not just I've listened to a tune, I remember it, but like from it actually having like a positive impact on your on your life. You spent a lot of time at home on your Todd. Did you listen to music then? Yeah, I listened to a lot of music then. But again, my music was a lot. You know, like you were saying about Tupac and all that kind of stuff. At that age, I was mainly into rap. Yeah. Tupac, Exhibit, Fifty Cent, all that kind of stuff. I was mainly into that. I didn't get into like rock music, like saying about Embrace, that first song that yeah. you know, I relate to. I didn't get into that till I was like 16, 17. My music taste completely changed. Gone from listening to literally just, I'm only listening to rap. 
Red Hot Chili Peppers were always there. Oasis were always there because of my brother. And my brother's musical influence with bands like Oasis was massive on me. I remember yeah. he had all the singles and it came in like a, a pretend <laughs> Benson and Hedges bag packet, plastic bag yeah. packet. And it must have cost a fortune for stuff like that. And it must be worth a fortune now these days. But it was a lot of Oasis and that kind of stuff. But as far as my parents go, well, my stepdad was massively into Queen. He's obsessed with Queen. My dad, he was kind of more into like, like status quo and that kind of stuff. My dad and my stepmom, they love yeah. to see status quo. But as far as early, it's things like Elton John, Rocket Man, you know, stuff like that. I love oh, that song. In fact, tune, yeah, yeah, I, I love Elton well. John. I absolutely love him. I do you as know, well. Like, my mum was into um, Celine Dion and stuff like that. And I was playing Celine Dion songs only a couple of weeks ago to Freya. Like, full on, <laughs> belting them out. It's a proper TikTok tune, I mean, into Celine Dion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So come back, back to me now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's like, what are you on? Yeah. Like, you know, this is the kind of music that I was brought up on. My earliest musical memory, so <clears throat> you just triggered something with Speak Away. So I went on a, my, my grandma and granddad paid for a family trip, went to Paris on a bus trip from, from England. And uh, I was sharing a room with my cousin who is seven or eight years older than me. So I'd have maybe been 10 at the time and he'd yeah. have been 17. So can you imagine how pissed off he'd be sharing a room <laughs> with a you know, 10, 11 year old as a 17 year old kid? Yeah. He had a tape player and we listened to, um, to Oasis. Right, yeah. And that is probably my earliest musical memory where music had an impact on me in some way. Yeah. Because I was like, what the bloody hell is this? And then many years later, I went to Oasis and it was like, I could have been sat back in that hotel room in, in Paris with my cousin listening on his Walkman yeah. uh, to definitely maybe. But I want, I was in Sheffield Arena listening to arguably one of the greatest fans I've seen live. I think for people around our age as well, that they were so influential, such a massively influential band. And obviously at the times of the 90s and the Britpop and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that's why so many people can relate to it. People in the groups and that they were saying about Oasis, saying, well, I think one person basically just said any Oasis, because it does, it just take you take you back to them good times. Yeah, definitely. But, and you now you were you were saying about with the parents and we're saying about our parents. My missus, she hates Michael Jackson because her dad loved Michael Jackson. She can't stand listening to anything by him. Yeah. And again, it's one of them triggers that's negative. Do you know what I do find weird? I find it weird that knowing what Michael Jackson was rumoured to have done, but it's still acceptable to listen to his music. <laughs> yeah. Just because his music's good, it means yeah. you could kind of just forget about what he did. Strange yeah. enough, that's not the same with Gary Glitter, is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's a dangerous turning point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you know what I think? Moving um, swiftly on. Yeah, I think, obviously, we, we decided to do this podcast because we wanted to promote blokes opening up, right? That's yeah. the that's the, that's the thing. And I think, well, you know, we're not laying a Salisbury as such, but, you know, m- music offers up people's vulnerabilities as well. You see it from the artists. You can hear it from people's lyrics. You can hear it from what people listen to, from what funeral songs, wedding songs, you know. Yeah. You know, we had our first wedding song, as many of Horror by Biffy Clara, which I was told is not something that gets commonly requested. Yeah. But I think um, I just want to continue pushing the fact that, you know, this group is here for people to 
be comfortable opening up. And that doesn't mean you have to put a massive Facebook post on saying how you're feeling or put a message in the WhatsApp group saying, you know, this is where I'm at, this is what I'm doing. But if you want to, crack on because someone will respond always. I've not seen a post yeah. where somebody's not responded, particularly you, you like heavily rash on a on some of the posts getting on there which is fantastic because you, you're almost like a a central point and, and you can see that the passion that you've got in trying to make people comfortable with with opening up and i just want to say if this podcast does one thing you know i'd want it to allow one person to think that what they're going through and we've said this last time is valid is legitimate all our problems all our tra- challenges whether it's mental health physical health financial well-being you know all those things it's all right to talk about it. It's all right to, you know, don't, don't, we, what we don't want is the statistics to remain the way they are. You know, we said it last week and I'll keep reiterating, you know, you're three times more likely as a man to die by, as a man to die by suicide. You're three times more likely as a man to become dependent on alcohol or drugs during times of anxiety or depression. Talking about it helps. It, it does. It, it, talking about getting, you know, the amount of people that have put a mess in that group and said, fucking hell, I didn't even realise that I needed to say that. Yeah. It does help, you know, even if, you know, you'll just get, you know, the odd word. Somebody will just say, I'm struggling today. And that's all it takes. You know, yeah. that's all it takes. And then you'll get a message from somebody else saying, are you all right? What's up? Whether if it's in the group, whether if it's on Facebook, whether if it's, you know, you'll get a private message from someone anything just say if you're struggling you know and you might yeah. not want to say it in the group as in open up fully you know drop somebody else a message drop somebody yeah. a message that you trust just just talk there's so many outlets there not just not just our group not just you know people's friends but we've said it ourselves you know you've got samaritans you've got shout you've got so many people and they're in our on facebook they're in our pin post they're there have, yeah, have a look, struggling. have a look and, and, and put those and things in your it. phone. Put those things in your phone. And don't you know, become I'll... part of the statistic because you're not willing to open up. This is data from 2014, so it's a little bit, bit dated, but in 2014, one in six adults had a common mental health problem. It's not a taboo, and it's not a taboo. It shouldn't be a taboo. It shouldn't no. be a stigma. You don't have to man up. You don't no. have to be tough. You don't have to be the ultimate provider. You are allowed to be vulnerable. You are allowed to, you know, speak to people about things that you're feeling. And my inbox is open. Tim's inbox yeah. is open. The group's open for you to do that. You know, it's bottled up blokes on Twitter, bottled up blokes on Facebook. Join us. The only the only prerequisite for Facebook is that you've got to be a man. Um, yeah. You know, we're we're looking. You know, we're trying to promote men's mental health, and that's not saying that the overall mental health isn't. Is it a challenge? Because it is, because there's many, many, you know, women and children going through significant mental health troubles. But what we're trying to do with this group is really give men an outlet to stop them being so fucking bottled up. <laughs> yeah. You see, we are limited in our knowledge, our advice that we can give. But if someone's struggling and I notice what they're struggling, I will point them in the right direction to where they need to go or I believe they need to go. I've had it a few times recently where someone's been struggling. They've said, whatever, I don't want to go into it because it's not fair. I've gone onto that pin post. I've copy and pasted it and I've messaged him and said, these numbers, contact them. Yeah. Contact these numbers and yeah. speak to someone. Contact so crisis on team. the end of the phone. Yeah. They will yeah. be on the end of the phone listening. Yeah. Text shout. 
you know, put it in your phone, follow them on Twitter, follow them on Facebook, follow Calm. There's so many places that you can follow and have the numbers yeah, ready. Yeah. Just don't want people feeling alone. Need it. Yeah. yeah, just don't want people feeling <clears throat> alone in a time of crisis because we've all been there. We've all been at a point, you know, we went into detail with yours last week and I'm sure in the coming weeks we'll get some other details of, of people's struggles. And this is what, and what we're going to try and do is, is not us you know, trying to get sympathy for how people have felt or, you know, trying to say how bad people have had it. This is us trying to show that people have got a story yeah. and we're giving people an outlet to share it in a very, very open forum. Yeah. You know, that, that people, you know, 130 listens to your story. Like there's 130 people potentially that knew nothing about it. I, I've had people message me that we grew up with that said, I never knew that. Yeah. Do you know I what I mean? Yeah. And it's not necessarily about the, the personal facts that people didn't know that you was, you know, went through what you went through to get in and, and where you've got to today. But you've also got the fact that, that, you know, you've been brave enough to actually tell a really open forum, which can be quite a vulnerable thing. And, you know, if what we're going to do in the coming weeks is we're going to look for people to come on the podcast. Uh, we've got we've got two or three people lined up. So for the next one, we'll more than likely be a guest and we're just going to have a chat. If you want to be one of those people that comes on and have a chat, facebook and twitter bottled up blokes drop the drop the group a message um, and we'll put you on the on the list and just to make everyone really comfortable what we will do is have a conversation with you beforehand just to see where you're at and where you want to go because we don't want to yeah. you know put people in a in a situation you don't want to might, might, no you don't want to talk yeah. about someone talk something yeah. about someone that they don't want to open up about yeah but the more you stories know. we hear the more yes. um the more possibility that it will resonate with somebody and allow them to potential access help that they didn't think about or didn't think they needed or or, th- or things like that the I know we shifted away from is that somebody can tell that relate to other people would be massive you could have one bloke comes on says his story and you could have so many other people i know we'll say 130 listeners there could be 15 20 of them that go shit that's just like me oh he's done this i could probably do that yeah, you can learn so much just from listening to other people, and, and that's the key. Yeah, I just want people to have a forum to do it, and you know, I've not been massively involved in mental health before. You know, I've I've had it around me, and and, and I know I mentioned a few bits the way I've struggled myself, but the amount of people that have just dropped me little messages, WhatsApp, Facebook, and stuff that have said, you know what, really good thing that you've done there, and obviously, hmm. you created the group for that. To make to, to create some visibility, you know, you've been involved in other groups. I know you're involved in another one now, um, but there's loads out there. You know, you've got bottled up bloats, you've got lads army. That's another one of the the um, the groups uh, pages. Yeah. He also does a YouTube uh, channel as well. It's really interesting about his own personal struggles. Who knows? Give it a give it a watch. You know, and some of it's uncomfortable because it's about real life stuff. Yeah, but it could you know it could could help you if you're struggling or it could help you with your understanding because a lot of a lot of the problem is i feel again personal opinion that is understanding i didn't understand enough you know i did that course at work that really helped me to gauge a better understanding because you know a lot of times when i've dealt with people with depression my go-to is what the fuck are they depressed for yeah first thing first thing i think you know back in you know many many millions ago first thing i think what what have they got to be depressed about they've got everything going for him, nice house, car, all that kind of stuff. As we've said, you know, with the musicians that we spoke about that, that, that decide to take their own lives, 
anxiety, depression, mental health problems do not discriminate by your social status. <laughs> no, <laughs> by they do well, not. By your they do status. not care. They do yeah. not care. And we are here as a group of men to just support other men. Yeah. And I think, Absolutely. you know, from from my perspective to you, I think you are, just you opening up to me when we had a, you know, we, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. And, you know, it took us <laughs> 20 minutes to get over the, uh, mumblings that we would have for 20 yeah. minutes but um just you opening up to me really kind of opened my eyes to how to better understand other people but also some of the stuff that you said resonated with me and like i said before i've not had men you know massive mental health challenges i've had low periods and i get low periods and i get stressed i messaged Tim earlier this week so i've just had one of those weeks where everything's felt a bit much and i was a bit stressed but you know for me and, and for most people there's a way past it there's a way yeah, past definitely. feeling like this you know you can people can and do get better sometimes you need a bit of a boost sometimes people go and to a doctor's and they'll get some antidepressants and it gives them the you know the reset they need to, to you know you, you you're one of those people weren't you you, you went to the doctors yeah. and you know probably reluctantly yeah up enough to then start to come out the other side and then now if i remember rightly you, you know you're not on on them anymore no not on any no not on any antidepressants so so it's not you know for, for some people it's not a permanent solution um it's not a permanent thing you have to do but sometimes you just need a bit of an and and that's yeah. what helped that you know go to your doctor have a chat with them you know take some therapy we spoke about eap i've had two or three people message me and say i didn't even realize that was a thing and now they've got cancelling booked through work um you know look into things like that look into things and that's come just by you talking about it and people listening you know exactly just, just a little thing like that has helped two or three people and you know yeah. that's that's our aim is to help people help people yeah. to know that there's help out there that they can talk and they can be open yeah i'm personally comfortable with it i've, I've gone through exactly the same like scenarios and process of somebody who's not comfortable with it i've gone yeah. the, i'm embarrassed i don't want to tell people i want to keep this to myself i'll tell a few friends all oh, they know oh it's got passed around to now where i'll sit wherever and just talk yeah. about it i guess you know how much people care about you yeah we're far from kind of close in the sense of we don't you know we're not spoke to each other every day for the past two years but when we are when we're ever in each other's company it's always nice it's always pleasant and it's always yeah. a beautiful reminisce of, good laugh, of past yeah. but you know i think knowing that people like you are there for someone like me without prejudice without judgment yeah and, and obviously all the people in the group as well is exactly the same i've not seen any posts of judgment i've not seen any posts of people going oh it sounds a bit sus and, you know people aren't there to answer every question you've got or give you the answers to all the solutions to your problems but nine times out of ten we'll just listen yeah we'll just listen and 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 half the time you'll figure out what you need to do next yourself yeah what we've what we've seen obviously with that but so much so a couple of other things from the men perspective you know nearly three quarters of adults who go missing are men when when you think about that as a as a as a as a statement, so for every ten adults that go missing, seven point five of them are men. And and it just, it just it just compounds that what we spoke about in the first one. You know, I know we spoke about music first, and we we probably digress a little bit, but you know, we're not we're not pros yet. We're getting there, but we're not we're not quite pros <laughs> off of these tangents. But that's scary. That's scary. Yeah, and and I guess you know, if, if I had to hazard a guess of why they go missing it's because they just are too scared to admit what's going on yeah 
you know, or too ashamed, or you know, or think there's no way out for them with with the family. And on top of that, eight seven percent of rough sleepers are men as well. Which, when you think about it, you kind of like God. That's a very very high number. But I know from walking around city centres, I walk around. There's very very little times you'll see a woman. Yeah. It's not very often. It's mainly well, according men. to this, thirteen percent of the time you'll you'll see a woman. Yeah. And and I guess you know, and there's there's no science behind what I'm about to say, so don't you know don't fact check me, but. If you had to hazard a guess of why, is are you too proud to ask for help? We, you know, we can learn a lot from the fairer sex. I can learn a lot from the wife and 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 whatever in terms of how they can cope with certain situations that that we're just, just not equipped to deal with. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, well, we said it last week. Was they'll a group of women will meet up with each other and open up to each other. Every yeah. single one of them will sit there and say about the problems, problems that they've got home, problems at work, they'll open up. A group of blokes won't do that. Yeah. I, I don't think I would now. Talk. I don't think if we went to Boozer between, you know, 10 of us, I'm not sure I would even then. Yeah. You know, I might say it one-on-one to you or text me mate ads or skid or whatever and say, you know, this is what's going on, I feel a bit shit. Yeah. And what have you. But, you know, I'm trying to promote people talking and I'm still, I'm still not 100% there myself. Yeah. But what... But they're very happening. good at it, women are. Oh, very, very good at it. Yeah. What we need to do, we need to close the gap between. You know, we need to reduce all, all suicides, but what we need to stop is the majority of them being men, and not, not by not by increasing the amount of women. Absolutely not. Just by decreasing the sheer amount of men that are, that are, that are dying by by suicide, taking their lives by being in a position where they feel like they can't carry on. Uh, and and again, this is sometimes an uncomfortable listen because I know these people, yourself included, that have been through a situation where someone close to you has, has, has done that and the emotion that comes with it from anger frustration sadness grief all that stuff that gets mixed up when you when you can't believe that but let's help each other let's look after each other let's support men to be more open to be honest with each other just yeah. because you're feeling shit doesn't mean you're a failure no it doesn't mean no, you're weak. I, and the, the best thing I can put for that is Tyson Fury's hardest bloke on planet and look at his story. Yeah. And look exactly. how he talks about it now. Yeah. I dare exactly. anyone to go up to him and call him a pussy for talking about his mental health challenges. See box red <laughs> clean off. <laughs> yeah. I put it on, I think I put it all over with the bottled up blokes things. You know, there's a lot of shit going off in the world right now. Just be nice. Just be nice to someone. Give them a smile. Just something simple like that. Rather than just being a dick, don't be a dick right now. You see it all the time as well, don't you? I went to the supermarket the other day and the person in front was putting the shopping through for the cashier and the cashier was being dead cheery, as they do, dead friendly. And yeah. he, he, he almost tutted at her. <laughs> and for, for me, like, well, I went, and this was a, this was a little, so I went uber polite then. Oh, yeah, thank you. No, don't you bin my receipt for me. Love, you have a fantastic day, or you know. And you never know, that yeah. might that might make her day. Do you know what I mean? Well, it might be, yeah. Just by being, just by being a nice person. Yeah, I like to, I like to not being horrible. And I do try to be a nice person. And I, like everything in life, we don't always succeed in what we what we intend yeah. to do. But you know, I do try to be to be a nice person, and and it does go it does go a long way. Particularly in these times, you know, we've, we've been through a fucking shit couple of years. Yeah, we have. We've lost loved ones. We've not been able to see. We've been locked away in his own ass with our own thoughts. And now we're coming out the other end and we've got bloody Vladimir Putin deciding to 
you know, mess the mess the world's order up by just I mean it's borderline genocide, isn't it? It's what it is. Yeah. It's it's criminal. But things like this like that that is bothering me. And if it's bothering me, it would be hundred percent be bothering other people. Yeah. You know, like I said, I'm obsessed reading it. I can't stop looking at it every morning. I'll log on and I'll first thing I'll look at is what's gone off the night before. Because I just want it to stop. Well regarding again, that, I've I've gone the complete opposite way in the last month or so I've just switched off from all news yeah. again so wound up by news and stuff I was like I'm just going to stop if I don't know what's happening I know it's quite ignorant but if I don't know what's happening then hopefully it won't bother me but obviously yeah. nuggets of stuff comes through with that it's everywhere yeah. they're, just fam- they're, just, they're just families un- no, needlessly losing loved ones yeah needlessly losing loved ones Kids, women, children, you know, yeah. blokes in the army that have, you know, have known peace for such a long time and are going for it. But, yeah, you know, and things like this, you know, again, blokes wouldn't necessarily talk about this kind of stuff. But, no. you know, if it's bothering, you know, if it's bothering me, you know, it will be bothering other people. And don't, don't be, don't beat yourself up about something making you feel shit that you've got no control over. Because that's half the battle with the, with mental health problems. You, you know, you can't, you know, half the time you can't control it all you can do is try and support yourself the best way you can to make you feel better to then be able to crack on with uh with life in a in a you know in, in the in the best way that you can but so i've got a few a few musical questions for you if we probably finish on a few bits and that just to you know and this, this might catch you off guard a little bit but i'm i have seen some notes i have seen some notes so i think you might be prepared. Oh, i've got some notes mate yeah i've got some notes so, what's your favourite song? You can only pick one. Um, 57 by Biffy Clyro. It is an absolute belter. It's off one of their early albums, and it's just incredible. Love what, it. Um, what song gives you your biggest positive feeling? It's probably one-off. Midnight Organ Fight album again. It's a song called Head Rolled Off. And in it, it says, whilst I'm alive, I'll make tiny changes to earth. And I think that resonates with a lot of people because we all want to leave a little mark, don't we? We do. We do. And the opposite, which we spoke about, is there any particular song that you listen to that really triggers a negative emotion in you? I'd probably say, you know, when we talk about the Celine Dion stuff? Yeah. Because it's Jay Wade takes back to mum. Yeah. And then everything that comes with that. Yeah. So as much as I was like, oh, this is belting, because it's a, a, a song that's like you grew up on. It's another song that you kind of go, yeah, shit, that, that is hard. Yeah. So I'd probably say something like that. It's interesting, isn't it? And you could ask 100 people that those three questions and they'd all answer differently. I could probably answer differently tomorrow. Yeah, I'm the same. I, for my favourite song, I'd probably go Everlong by Foo Fighters. What a tune. Great song. I'd that at my um, wedding. Add as well. So yeah, a song for me that invokes a positive emotion. Probably Cast No Shadow by Oasis. Great song. Great song. I first heard it properly on the um on the Oasis Unplugged album. Do you know where yeah. Liam did sing because he busted his throat or something? It won't be Marty. No, it won't be Marty, so he won't sing to his throat. And then negative one that one that invokes now. Obviously, I mentioned Unchained Melody, but the beauty of that song helps me look past the fact that it does invoke a negative reaction in me yeah which is good but i think um 
I look back to um, probably uh, Wait and Bleed by Slipknot. I love the song, and I still and I still listen to it now. And it, but it always it always makes me think back. That was you know when I was back to you know being a being a kid. I used to listen to that song, and it I'd always feel weird. And I can't explain it any other way. Like, like not yeah. in my stomach. Like, listen to that song, and it takes me back to a time. Not, not because of the song. That's it's probably why I can still listen to the song now with great fondness. But it always makes me think about a time where I didn't feel right, and it was, it was yeah. weird. That I had this conversation with, with the guy I was at school with. Yeah, I was, I was uh, one of the guys I went to school with. I was having a chat with him probably six, seven years ago, and we were talking about school, and I said, you know. At school, you know, everyone would look at me and think, God, he had a, he was Mr. Positive at school, you know, always joking around, you know, class yeah. clown and that. But I just, I just know that when I was 14, 15, something wasn't right. I didn't know what it was, but something wasn't yeah. right in my, in my mind. I didn't, I just didn't feel the same level as, of happy that, as, that I portrayed, you know, outwardly. Yeah. It didn't last forever. I think probably yearly, and it might have been my age and what your body's going through naturally anyway. Hormones. Um, yeah, but I just, you know, between those ages, I just didn't feel right. I mean, I was spotty little get, weren't I, as well, which don't help. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, cheers, acne. <laughs> yeah, it, take, it always takes, you know, that song takes you back to those kind of, those kind of times, but, and then just like the whole of hybrid theory. I'm probably gonna listen to that at some point over the next couple of days. Yeah. Because just it's hard, uh, mate. That album does it hard. Yeah. Just um great, great album. Um tragic story. Tragic story. You can hear it. You can hear yeah. it in the lyrics, you know, that is a guy that's not had a an easy ride mentally. No, I think that the, obviously we mentioned about people putting their names in the hat for coming on. Also, if anyone's got any topics that they want discussing send them through because you know i would quite like to do one where we talk about sport because you know sport brings the best and worst iron people right yeah you know when i think back to like being in boundary watching england matches <laughs> about 17 uh, yeah oh, so got topics that they want us to discuss either you know if you want to come on and discuss it be out you know be i guess we're not this is not the... yeah that'd be, that'd be great you know if someone's got a thing that they want to talk about you know the other thing you know we have got people that suffer with addictions and like alcohol addiction addictions and gamble addictions and we it's not something we particularly know about that much from a personal point of view of us suffering yeah, yeah. Mm. so if somebody wants to come on and talk to us about that and about their struggle and what you know what they've done yeah. you know if it's someone that's been through it and come out the other end you know someone like that would be absolutely yeah, massively fantastic. intrigued to listen to that story It'd be amazing because we'll never talk about that because we've not been through it. Yeah, and now I can talk can about it somebody so much. Now I can read about it, and I can probably reel off a couple of facts once I've done some uh, some reading up and stuff. But you know, yeah, definitely someone that's that's lived through that and come out the other side would be really good. Mm. Shall we? Uh, shall we wrap it up? Come for me, mate. It's been good. So yeah, so thanks to anyone that's chose to, to spend the time listening to this. It it does mean a lot to us. You know, we were. When we first got on Spotify and Apple, we were buzzing. When we then started getting feedback that people enjoyed listening to it, again, buzzing. Um, please, please come forward with suggestions. Please, please come forward with 
that you want to come on and, and and have a chat with us and we'll make it as as comfortable as we can for for anybody wanting to open up but we just want to hear different stories yeah if you could subscribe and share and comment and rate on spotify and apple that help us massive as well push us further forward get some more ears listening because that's what we want we want to spread what we're trying to do yeah definitely and we'll uh We'll work on the on the guest list and stuff and, and get some people on i'm gonna chat i'm gonna try and do every couple of weeks so we'll try and drop one every couple of weeks we'll record it on a wednesday probably and tim will probably have it done ready to upload by the weekend friday night the weekend something like that hopefully because he's the editing whiz <laughs> i know that whiz mate <laughs> tim it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you Love again you, and open up about music um like you said subscribe to it on spotify and apple um, join the Facebook group. Um, find us on Twitter, Bottled Up Blokes. Um, and we'll speak to you all in a couple of weeks.